1: Welcome in, guys, to the OBR Newswire. This is your summary analysis Friday morning here of the first round of the draft. Uh, I'm joined by John Stephenson. You know him as All Twenty Two Chalk Talk on Twitter and Buckeye on the uh, forums and and all your responses and film work and all that great stuff. John, how are you?
0: I'm great. Man. Thanks for having me.
1: What is it, man? It's like 120. We're we're up. I'm cutting up this film room as best I can. I need a staff. You know what I'm saying. I need a staff to do the <laughs> film work. But um, let's talk. Can you get in it? yeah i need an intern that's right let's talk man you uh you know we we tuned into round one i think the big surprise was thomas going at four right i mean i think we thought that could happen but it seemed like a surprise
0: yeah yeah definitely that was um i guess that the first of a couple there between uh jordan love to uh to green bay I didn't see that one coming either
1: no what i and i think everybody thought at the beginning of the process like andrew thomas was the best tackle prospect in this class and you know, as it goes on and people nitpick and they do what they want to with trying to change up, the, you know, whatever they call it, smoke screening or over-analysis, whatever, it was always kind of all along that most of us were in consensus that if the Browns had all four tackles available at 10, that Andrew Thomas was probably the guy to go with. So, um, you know, a little bit surprising to an extent there to see him go at four. People had kind of pegged New York as possibly a Mekhi Becton fit, Uh, possibly an Isaiah Simmons spot that Gettleman might fall in love with him as a defensive Swiss Army knife. And it kind of sucks seeing Thomas go there because I think a lot of Browns fans had sort of made this up in their mind that they were going to be able to get Thomas at 10 or you know have the opportunity to move up a couple slots. It didn't unfortunately pan out, but it is what it is. And you go on from there and I didn't really have any other surprises to me. I mean, I thought Tua would go five. Henderson being nine was not really a surprise to me. I thought that's about where it was sat, and then it got to pick 10 right and then you have Tristan Werf still on the board, Isaiah Simmons goes, which we thought I didn't think he'd get to 10. I kind of thought someone would take him, and then um yeah, it was Worfs or, or wills and and I guess Jones was still hanging around at that point too did you did you think that uh did you think Wills was the direction or were you pretty sure it was worse because I'll, I'll share my opinion once you share yours?
0: No, I was um, I I was pretty much all in on Worf. I thought he was going to be the pick.
1: I, I did was, too, uh, I did too. Um, you know, I, I I like I think Worf's what worfs was a freak of nature testing wise, right? I um, I thought that, <laughs> I thought that that spark score all that stuff they'd fall in love with, and I think ultimately what was interesting is that Joe Thomas called him a guy he could see moving to guard, which I think impacted things probably a little bit because the Browns pass on him, and then and then New York takes Becton, and then. Um, I think he was a couple of picks later the the Bucks move up and take him but
0: Yeah, uh, they have a big grab him.
1: Yeah, I mean, did you see Werfs attack, or could you have seen him move in know how much you got a chance to watch him but uh, did you uh you know, not much, not much honestly. I, I uh I don't watched
0: much of any of the uh linemen come leading up to uh draft honestly. I I'm, I'm not a uh, I'm not a big big draft guy. That's uh I sort of I dabble in that. My thing is uh is the X's and O's, but um you know, from what I from what I saw um, yeah, I, I could. I guess I could see them uh, moving inside there. But when it, when it comes, honestly, when it comes to evaluating our, our offensive linemen for the draft, I'm probably not your guy there.
1: I honestly can't say I am either. I mean, it's not. It's not a position yeah. I've played. I, I've I've always been when I was coaching. I was relying on a no line coach to sort of help with that stuff, obviously. And mm. and um, but you know, we try our best here. As I'm I'm trying to cut out film to sure. to pick up the nuances of what these guys do and what they're good oh. at, and what they're bad at, and and, um, you know, I I, I thought Wurfs was a tackle. I, I I continue to think he'll be a tackle, and Tampa drafted him as a tackle. I, If you follow the OBR, I accidentally tweeted out the photo because a couple guys from Pro Football Focus <laughs> I follow said it was Wurfs when it wasn't, and I tweeted the photo out, and I looked like an idiot. Luckily, none of you knew that until now. I don't know why I shared it. I could have blamed it on Barry or something. Um, But, no, he, I – He'd be the floor for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he would. He's, he's you no know, way. I saw that. I was going to uh, – as soon as I saw that
0: um, – that pick out of the OBR account, I was going to shoot over a picture of uh, you know Truman holding up the Dewey newspaper.
1: <laughs> I deserve it. Some people were pretty mean. You guys need to cut me a break. I'm tired. I'm uh-huh, um, sure they were. Yeah, they were mean. Anyway, listen, I, I think okay. Worth's or sorry, I think Wills is a fine pick. I think uh, a guy who has played a you know, high high volume of staffs and, and been uh, a good player for three straight years for Alabama. He's, he he saw some time as a freshman. Um, actually, I think he came in as a a relatively high recruit, the 33rd player on the ESPN 300, um, you know, and, and a prep star, a 150 dream team guy, uh, got his first glimpse in 2017, sort of the 121 offensive snaps, 87 of which were run block snaps, 34 pass block snaps, didn't really give up anything substantial, graded out well, but not, not a big sample size, um, for him. he just, like I said, only 121 snaps and in, in 2018 he gets a starting job at right tackle uh he has a really i think he had a really solid pass blocking season um but he only had a 63.1 run block grade which is over 927 snaps and 441 pass block or sorry run block snaps and not not what you want to ultimately see but then he flipped it you know flipped the script his senior year here and puts up a total overall grade of 86.9 770 t- total snaps and um in his 319 run block snaps, he had a 90.1 rank, which was sixth among qualifying tackles, which is pretty phenomenal. So, turn that around. as uh, more dominant at the point of attack, if you ask me. He cut, his, he cut his hurries down. So, 2018, he had 18 hurries. Cut that down to nine. Um, so cut that in half over um, right around the same number of pass block snaps too. So um, you know, take that for what it's worth. And and uh, you know, I, I just kind of interesting. You know, I know you've looked at a couple things, John. Your initial thoughts of of Wills as they take him here. Um, you know, from, from what
0: I've seen, um, I guess a couple of things um, kind of popped off the screen to me. Or just maybe what I noticed. Um, first, he uh, just his size. He looks a little. Uh, he looks a little squat to me for an offensive lineman. Um. You know, I again I, I couldn't tell you his um you know his arm length measurements and so on. But um yeah, he just he just looked a little squat. I'm wondering if um what he'll do with uh you know with speed because 'cause I'm guessing just based on again his again, but this is only looking, you know, on a screen here. You know, I'm assuming that his arm length probably isn't, you know um up there. So I'd be curious to see how we handle guys, you know, these long, long Leo type ends that um thirty four and a hands. quarter
1: thirty four and a quarter arms. Just uh, so you know, I don't. Know that fits on the threshold. I don't think that's extremely long, but I think it's. Yeah. I think thirty-four is what they're uh, looking for, something like that. But you're right. His arms are not like overwhelmingly long. You're, you're right.
0: Yeah. So um, yeah, that just his sort of his squatness, and then um, his uh, his punch. I really like his punch the way he uh, way he snaps it. You know when um, when you're coaching these guys up to uh, to punch, you're telling them to um, you know kind of make a palm, um, you know, thumbs out. Um, palms towards the ground fingers to the sky like your wave and you want to keep your elbows really tight to your side almost like scraping your ribs with them and you just and you want to snap it out and Then pop it right back like a hey, DB um, Playing press coverage. They're taught, you know, when you jam you're gonna punch But you're not gonna keep it on there. You're gonna try and reload it and then punch again if possible um, You know, particularly on theta routes and so on before you uh, squeeze. So his uh, yeah, his, his punch it out to me And it's probably why wow, just because I uh, used to watching DB's so I saw that and thought that looked like a good jam. Um, and also, he's a finisher. He uh, in that he uh, he's pretty nasty. Like when he when he really starts moving a guy, like he does he doesn't stop. He's trying to finish him on the ground. You um, know, he puts him all the way there. Um, that that's you know that's my big three right now. Honestly, I wish I could give it one more Friday morning, but uh, right now that's what I got.
1: Yeah, no, I think those are good points. And and I'm like five games in. I studied before. I actually, I'll be honest, I didn't think they were going to take him, or I didn't. I guess I should always yeah. expect the unexpected with this team. I, I studied four of his games. I'm trying to get five of his other games in. Um, a lot of my notes carry over. He is uh, a dude who I think has, like you said, strong hands, great punch. I actually think he handles Bull Rush really well. Doesn't seem to really, from his core end, doesn't really give up much ground. Now, he didn't, although he played in the SEC, he didn't play a bunch of guys that will be drafted at end um, and, and be uh, at the top of the class. But, I, I listen, I think he's explosive Um, To me, he moves more like a defensive end chasing than an O-lineman in terms of his ability to get to top speed quickly. And I think what you forget with him is you get so wrapped up in Worf's testing numbers and how kind of otherworldly they were that Wills was also kind of otherworldly. He had a 505, which is 90th percentile, 40-yard dash. He had a 34.5-inch vert, which is 97th percentile, which is the third best ever recorded by a lineman, and his 93rd percentile broad, wow. which is 905. So explosiveness in the hips, right, and okay. and through the core, and that stuff translates. That stuff translates, like John said, in finishing. That stuff translates in being able to hold your ground against people bull rushing you and being able to kind of power from your from your hamstrings up through your glutes, up through your hips, up through your you know, up through your torso and, and all of the above. He's He's got that power at the center of his body, and he handles bull rush as well because of that. And some of the notes I have, and I'll, I'll cover all this tomorrow in the write-up of him, but, um, you know, other things I think he's really good at is he's, he's got a great kick step. I think he's got to work on his depth of his kick step, but he's really active feet when he comes off the line of scrimmage in terms of getting back into his pass protection stance and getting where he needs to get. Um, ultimately, I think he will continue to uh get better at his drop angle so that he's not allowing himself his biggest issue, which one of my notes here is he's he's inside pass rush vulnerable. If guys sell outside to hit you with that jab or that Euro step pass rush move, he struggles with that. It's beat back inside. If guys press his outside shoulder and hit that inside spin move with any kind of uh speed, he's gonna struggle with that. And that's what he struggled with. So when he gave up pressures, um if you watch say the Michigan game, I watched the Duke game, He gave up a couple inside pressures that forced Tua off a spot. Those inside pressures can be, you know, things that move somebody into a sack, so on and so forth. He's got to get better at it. Um, I think he's got to be a little bit more of a nastier finisher. When, when I think he can be a nasty finisher when he's engaged. When he's not, he feels like a play is ended yeah. or he's on the backside of zone chasing. He kind of quits a play, and I don't love that. I think he's got to play through the whistle. I think that stuff can be easily coached out of a guy, but uh, I just see sometimes he's giving up. on play. And it's tough, too, John, because if you watch Alabama, they ran so much RPO that I think sometimes you just didn't know where the ball was. Like, I think – there's a little bit of that like I don't know where the ball is <laughs> I think it, it leads to a lazy habit that kicks in because you're constantly unsure if you're run blocking or pass blocking in a sense so uh, I could be making an excuse there but I would like to see him on the backside find identify and seek somebody um, sometimes on outside zone stuff they run some wide zone and in, at in Bama and and uh, he would kind of quit that stuff early. I didn't love it. Or if he's in pass protection and two is dancing around back there, because Baker does the same thing. He dances a little bit sometimes to find a passing window or find somebody open. And sometimes Wills would quit a little bit too early for my liking. So he needs to make sure he's kind of working on consistently playing through the whistle. There'll be more to come. I'll I'll highlight more as as uh, as I get through this and through to you know into tomorrow's article. But you know, he's a good player. He's a good gap blocker. If he continues to be a good you know, a good uh, finisher in the run game. He's going to be good in the gap blocking. He's a at front-side zone blocker, so he's able to do the rip run. He's able to run people wide, or he can hook and, and sell and get an alley going. So he can do all that stuff. I could see why the Browns were drawn to him. They made note of it, the Browns did, that he was their number one guy in terms of they wanted him most, and they were surprised. And if you watch the TV broadcast, they turned the card in pretty instantaneously. So. Uh, oh, yeah, they, they ran that thing up. Yeah, and, and what's interesting to me is, I like pro football's uh, focuses draft guide here that they have Lane Johnson as his, his player comparison, which is, which is good. Cause Lane Johnson's a hell of a player. I like I that. that. Um, yeah, we'll absolutely take it. So, uh, you know, ultimately good player. I think he's got a lot of potential. I, I'm curious, John, what you think of the right side to left side switch and how that goes for a player mentally.
0: Oh, I think that's the biggest thing with it. It's uh, just learning to play with the other side, you know, um, the, uh, and the technique's a technique, but it's uh, you know it's it's different when you're uh, you know when you're used to let's say you're you know your left foot your inside foot your inside arm now you're flipping it to the other side. It's um it's something that takes uh you know muscle memory. So you got you got to get reps in and uh, you got to work. I don't I don't think I will have an issue. I don't see any reason why he, uh, why you should.
1: So. I'm with you. I listen. I don't. It's like Tristan Worf said pre-draft. It's like wiping your butt with the opposite hand, which to me is like kind of cha- <laughs> like low low key kind of challenging, but like. Uh these guys are probably good enough to do it he's probably you know people forget jack conklin was a left tackle at michigan state and switched over to right tackle in the league like it can be done i think he can do it you don't take it for granted though you don't know i mean he came in and he was protecting for a left-armed quarterback his whole career which left-arm quarterbacks tend to escape in different directions than right-arm quarterbacks do so there's going to be a learning curve there i don't ultimately know well he you know if you look at from the right side john he's inside vulnerable does that mean he now becomes left side of his body vulnerable to the high side on the left side I don't know we're just going to have to see how it shakes out he could ultimately cure his own issues with inside vulnerabilities um you know since his since his right side his strong hand side will be on that you know inside inside part of his body now maybe it fixes he doesn't have an inside issue on the on the other side of the line of scrimmage so I have noticed a couple of snaps where they've done unbalanced Bama does it a couple times a game and he has lined up on the left side so I've I'll try to point those out so you can see a little bit of what he does. But, um, you know, ultimately a good player, a good pick. I think it'll be a low basement – or, sorry, a high basement guy who can be ready to come in. And one of the two that I considered ready to come in and be a pretty solid contributor right off the bat between Wills and Thomas. thought the others took a little bit more projection. So um, I like it. It's good day one. Do you have anybody on your mind day two, John, that the 41 catches your uh, attention?
0: Uh, both those safeties that everyone loves are on the board. we got Xavier McKinney. We've got uh, Antoine Winfield, uh, Jr. So there's a, I'm, I'm just hoping to start picking some DBs so I can start actually watching these guys
1: and <laughs> knowing what the heck's going on.
0: So. Yeah,
1: I feel Yeah, and then and those yeah. two are great players. I think those would be of interest. Um, Justin Matabuke, the defensive tackle from Texas A&M, is interesting. Um uh, I think there's Yetter Gross-Moss, the kid from Penn State, defensive end. I think Epinesa, the other Iowa defensive end, is still available. I haven't looked at this stuff. Once we once they drafted Wills, I got right on here and tried to start breaking them down as best I could. But uh, Delpit's still available, too. Don't love Delpit because of the tackling issues. But, um, you know, he's got ball skills. Great. and. All that stuff that he could be around too, and ultimately, I think they'll address linebacker at some point tomorrow. Uh, whether that's prob most likely pick seventy four, I think if Patrick Queen got picked too. I think both those Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen. I I couldn't tell you. I'm I'll probably need to look at this more in depth, but they'll attack linebacker in, in some form or fashion. I still wouldn't be surprised if they traded down a couple picks from forty one too. So we'll keep an eye on that. And and a big thanks to Blue Wire, our our sponsor here. Um, you know for for the OBR Newswire they do a great job they got a match bonus going right now if you get over to their website and put in the promo code BlueWire B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E all one word you can get that match bonus for what you put in and uh, get some money back, and and you know bet and gamble on the draft that's still available. You can gamble on Madden 20 simulations, the stock market, weather, all the above. They got a great, that great promo going, and they have the online poker and blackjack. This 24 hours a day. So if you're stuck at home. You know you're watching the draft. You want to make a little money watching the draft. You want to play a little online poker. Go to betonline.ag. They're going to take care of you, and um, you know they're they're our trusted partner here, and I believe in them. And get over there and do it. So, John, um, give me your prediction, man. Who are they taking at pick forty-one tomorrow? I'm literally I haven't even prepped you for this. Just just first thing that you think they they, they, you know they'll end up taking.
0: Uh, I'm gonna go with the the boring pick, uh, Xavier McKinney.
1: All right, man. I hope he's there. Hope he's there. They they might even move up to get him. You never know. It could be it could be really crazy and. Slide up a couple picks. So we'll keep our eye on it. It should be fun. A couple picks for the Browns tomorrow. Actually, three picks, including pick 97. So we'll see if they gather up some other ones. But thanks for listening, guys. Uh, like I said, we'll have, uh, if they pick some, some defensive guys tomorrow, which we expect them to, John will start grinding away on some film rooms. We'll have this Jedrick Wills film room up in the morning at some point. If I get any sleep at all, we'll see. We'll have this thing posted. Um, you know, and we'll we'll keep breaking these guys down for you over at the OBR lane. Continues to do a great job with insider information and Fred is gonna keep giving you insights from the press conferences. It's a it's a collaboration and a team effort and you know, it's not it's it's not without you guys who pay attention and, and soak in all the news and subscribe and all that fun stuff. So appreciate it. Appreciate you leaving something on iTunes for us. A review is always appreciated. Five stars majorly appreciated. Other than that, it's one forty. We're signing off for the night. John, thanks for joining me, man.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, Jake.
1: Of course. All right, guys. Go Browns. We'll catch you tomorrow. No, hold on. We're going to catch you on Monday. We probably won't throw another one of these up. We'll do a collab or we'll do a full recap on Monday. I need the weekend, guys. All right, thanks. Go Browns. Go Browns.